This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Can you say something beautiful to him? Can you imagine the testimonies we have listened to, to, to this morning? Showing to us or reminding us how faithful God is. Even when we are not faithful, he abides faithfully and he cannot deny himself. Let's thank him. Because somebody's turn to testify today. Give him praise, blessing. I come before my Lord and King, the one who gave his life for me. I'll raise the bar now of his name. Until the nations call on him, the champion of the host above, and captain of my destiny. In you alone I make my bow. You reign alone as Lord of Lord. In you alone I make my bow. You reign alone as Lord. Almighty Father, we worship you this morning for granting us access into your presence. And as we share your word with your people, Please let it not be about me, but let it be about the power in your world for our blessings and for the glory of your most holy name. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please, you can have your seat. God bless you. Hallelujah. Um, can we quickly open our Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 2? 10 verse 12 Deuteronomy chapter 12, 10 verse 12 that's where I'm taking this first scripture I have a couple of scriptures to share with which I'm going to share with us this morning I perceive looking at this scripture that um, the Lord asks a question and also went ahead to answer. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? That was the question. But the scripture didn't stop there. It says, but to walk in his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You could see the question and the answer in that scripture. 
But perhaps somebody may be saying in his heart or her heart this morning that the Lord was talking to Israel. No, he's talking to you. Because we are the Israelites of God in this time. So what does the Lord require of you? What does he require of me? But to do what? To walk in his ways and to love him and to serve him with all our hearts and our soul. To put this mildly, what the Bible is saying, that what God requires from you and I is to honor him. That's the summary of, all, of, of the hands that are given in this scripture, to honor him. I was privileged um, to speak to the workers a couple of uh, days ago, I think about two Sundays ago, on the topic, the subject of honor. And I'm going to also dwell on that subject this morning. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 13. The Bible says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. He said, for this is the whole duty of man. If I want to preface that again, God is talking about honor. Honor him. This is the old duty of man. This is what you and I were created for, to honor God. Praise the name of the Lord. So whatever we do as children of God, all God desires from us is to do what? To honor him. So um, this morning, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. I'm not preaching because um, back home, these are, these are subjects that are difficult for pastors, sitting pastors, to preach in their, in their, in their churches. And thank God, um, by the time I'm done, I take my luggage and go back to my country. Um, I can't remember when last I talked about this, talking about giving, you know. Oh, pastor has come again, you know. He's talking about mourning. Praise the name of the Lord. So that brings me to the, the text for the message, which is taken from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Each time somebody comes up here to take offering, it's a familiar line. You know, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of, of that increase. You know, we use that most of the time. In, in message, in the message translation of the Bible, that same scripture, Proverbs 3, 9, says, honor God with everything you own. Message translation. Give him the first and the best. Give him the first and the best. When you take the same scripture in the living translation of the Bible, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything your land produces. Everything. The best of everything your land. You may not be a farmer. When we are talking about what your land produces, it's talking about what you do for living. You know, the works of your hands. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want to lay this foundation that do we know that in spite of God's sovereignty, he will not ask you to do what he cannot do and what he will not do. So when God demands honor, it's because he's always honoring his own. Oh, how can the Almighty honor me? It's there. When you read, we read that uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, he said, I will honor they that honor me. So God himself is in the business of honoring his own, his subject, in spite of his almightiness. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, you may be asking the question this morning, why are we looking at the subject of honor? The reason is because to the almighty father, 
how we do things is as important as why we do them. How we do things is equally important. It's as important as why we do them. And when we are talking about how we do things, we are talking about the attitude, the attitude we put up when we do whatever we are doing. Why, the, why is talking about the motive. What is in your heart? Why you are doing what you are doing? So we are, we are, we are zeroing in this morning on how and why God demands or deserves us to honor him. Praise the name of the Lord. Though for the Bible students who are here, Moses was asked in the book of Numbers chapter 20 verse 8, Numbers chapter 20 verse 8, Moses was asked to speak to the rock. But we know that story. What did he do? Rather than speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. Now listen to me, church. Because why God asked him to strike the rock to provide water for the children of Israel. And the, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 46, verse 10, it said, declaring for the end from the beginning. That's talking about God. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, I will, I will bring to pass my cancer, and, we, and I will do all my pleasure. So when God desired to do something, there is nothing stopping him. Even though Moses did not do it how God asked him to do it, the why still came to pass. Water still came out from the rock. Praise the name of the Lord. Because he is, he is incumbent on honoring his word. Whenever he says something, for the sake of his name, he will make sure that he brings it to pass. So sometimes the why may not be right, you know, but God will still go ahead to do what he says he will do. I speak to somebody listening to me this morning. Every of that you have believed God for shall come to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus it doesn't matter the things we are doing wrong. The mercy of God will bring it to pass. For the sake of his name, he will bring them to pass. In the name of Jesus. But the how, because he didn't do it how God asked him to do it, you know, the place where he was, you know, he was ordained to get to, he never got to that place. Moses never stepped into the promised land. Why? He got the how wrong. The attitude was wrong. Why the reason, the why for having to do anything with the rock still came to pass. Water still came. The children of Israel were given water and they, you know, they, they, their thirst was quenched. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to also begin to look at this matter of honor and let it be very, very, let it resonate in us as very, very important in our relationship and our work with God every day. You know, sometimes, um, when you look at what you are doing to your neighbor, I want you to see God in it rather than see your neighbor because do everything as unto the Lord in spite of that. Sometimes back home, we do certain things and um, people refuse to, you know, appreciate that. And we always console and encourage ourselves that we didn't do it for that individual, but we did it for the Lord. Because if you look at that, you are likely not able to help somebody else. But if you always remember that it's unto the Lord, it will not stop you, it will not discourage you. Hallelujah. So this morning, we'll be looking at some quick examples of how people give to the Lord. So we're looking at the topic, how to honor God in your giving. How do we honor God in our giving? 
Back to that scripture I took earlier, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. The Bible says, what does the Lord require from you? So in our giving, God expects us to do what? To honor him. So the how we give and the why we give becomes very, very important. If you are giving for the wrong reason and you are giving the wrong way, the church will take your money. But is it acceptable to the Lord? And to you, you have given. Of what use is giving what is not acceptable to the Lord? So I want us to come down in our heart that everything that comes from us to the, to the Lord must be with the purpose or with the intention and the motive of honoring him. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll look at fourth quick example if the, my time permits me in this study. I want to look at the story of the rich young ruler in the Bible in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22. The rich young ruler in the Bible. We look at the what he gave to the Lord and his attitude given to the Lord. In that story, I'm going to paraphrase it. In that story, this young he ran to the Lord. He was desired of making heaven. He said, the Lord Jesus said, what must I do to get into the kingdom of God? And the Lord looked at him and said, you have to obey all the commandments, you know, everything written that the Lord expected of us. And the rich young ruler replied and answered. He said, all these I have obeyed from the days of my youth. All these I've been doing. And the Lord Jesus looked at him and said to him, he said, one thing thou lackest. There is one more thing that you need to add to that. He said, go and sell all your possessions and bring the proceeds to the Lord. And the Bible said, he went away with sorrow. Back on where I came from, there is um, an adage that we used to say. Is there an adage? He's saying, you can touch every other thing, but don't touch that one. Jesus touched his wound. He had obeyed the law from the days of his youth. He had kept the commandments. One would have thought there would be nothing difficult for this one to give to the law. But when Jesus told him, go and bring, go and sell all that you have and bring the proceeds to the he went away sorrowfully. Because his wealth had blinded him. His wealth meant to him than the Lord. What do you have that means so much to you than the Lord? The sustainer, the giver, and the sustainer of your life. The Bible asks a question somewhere. It says, what do you have that you have not received from the Lord? Myself and Pastor Kwe was talking sometimes. I said, um, in our years of pastoring, we have discovered that when things are working well for members, it is their making. But when things are not work, working well, it's because the pastor doesn't have anointing. It's the pastor's fault. Not their fault. But when everything is working, the pastor has nothing to do with it. It's because they know what they are doing. Beloved, listen to me this morning. There is nothing you have that you have not received from above. Nothing. I know people who are hard working. I know people who know they are good on their job. But their lot is not better. That's why the Bible tells us Proverbs 21 31. Proverbs 21 31. It said, Though horses are trained for the days of battle, it said, But safety is of the Lord. It is not what you can know, what you can do, or how you know how to do things. It is the Lord that makes the difference in your effort in life. Honor Him with everything you have. So, in the case of this rich young ruler, his possession 
his pursuits in life had blinded him. Without him knowing, he didn't know. Because he went with so much enthusiasm, but by the time he was leaving Jesus, he left sorrowfully. As you have come this morning, you are living with joy. You are living with fulfillment. You are living with the hope of glory in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to think about those things. If there are such things in our life that will stand between us and the Lord, ask the Lord to help you to deal with it from today so that it will not be a source of sorrow to your life. Number two, we want to look at another, uh, another character in the Bible. How they gave. How they gave what they gave to the Lord. That story is written in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Ananias and Sapphira. Some of us, we know them, the couple. Let me give the background to that story. The background can be seen in, um, Acts, in the book of Acts chapter 4. When, when you look at Acts chapter 4, the church had come to be after the death of Jesus Christ. And the people were together in one accord. The Holy, the Holy Spirit had come down. And so much was happening in the church. And the Bible says in verse 32, Acts chapter 4, verse 32, and the multitude of them in the church that believed, they were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that heart of the things which he possessed was his own. They had everything in common, and, but they had all things in common. By the time you go to verse 34 of that same chapter half, the Bible says, neither was there any among them that lacked anything. For as many as were possessors of land or houses, what did they do? They sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold to the church for the common good of all. Praise the name of the Lord. That was the context of what happened, or uh, the background story of what happened in Acts chapter 5. Remember, nobody compared anybody to bring anything. People were bringing of their own volition. Now this couple also decided to be part of what, what God was doing in the church. Ananias and Sapphira, what did they do? They sold their land. And they brought part of the proceed. They bought part of the proceed, took it to the Lord, to the church. And the man of God said, are you sure this is all? And they said, yes, it was all. They were not compelled to bring. They told a lie. And he asked them again, are you sure this is all? And they said it was all. And that was it. Because they lied against the Holy Spirit. They came down dead. The husband first and the wife. Beloved, we don't need to. I, each time I think about this story, there is no need to impress men when you want to honor God. The reason why we do some of the things we do is because we want to impress men. It is not about men. It's about God. It's about God. If you look at men, you are not likely to see God. If you wait on men, you are not likely to see God. Let the focus always be on God. Praise the name of the Lord. You call it God. We call it God. Praise the, I just want to be myself. Praise the name of the Lord. So, uh, why is pastor calling in God? I've heard you guys calling God. But I, I, maybe when I come to live in America, I'll begin to use God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me ask you, church. You say, I don't lie about what I give. It's just that I don't give. 
You are working, you are not paying tight, you are a robber. So let me ask you, to lie and to rob, which is better? So you are not any better than the story we are talking about this morning. Probably because you have not realized that it's possible to labor than you are laboring and have nothing. So remember God in your labor. Remember God. A thousand years of labor is not compared to one day of favor. When God favors you, it makes those things that were not enough to become more than enough. Desire to honor him to, to favor you so that your life will not be the same again. I cover that prayer for somebody who can say amen this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, the third example, as I begin to wind up this morning, the story of the poor widow. That story is written in Mark chapter 12. The poor widow, Mark 12, 41 to 42. We saw in this story that God sees what we give each time he's watching. Um, back home, people, when it is time for offering, people want to see what the pastor will package in the envelope. So what I do is I package my offering in the office. But even as I do in the office, God is seeing it. God is seeing it. In this story, the Bible says Jesus sat by the treasury box and he was watching. In the spirit, God is watching what you are giving. I have people that back home, even though God is blessing them, when it is time to give, what they give to God is dancing. When the offering basket comes, they, they turn their back and dance. You know, they are the best dancer. But they dance away. Praise the name of the Lord. God sees that also. If it is true that you don't have anything, that's okay. But if you have and you don't give, God knows. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus sat by the treasure box and was looking. And he saw what everybody was putting, the rich, you know, and all that. And he saw the, what this woman put. And not only did he see what she put physically, she saw her heart. That she gave all. All. Praise the name of the Lord. It was a sacrificial giving. And he made a statement. He could not hold it. He said, knowing that she had given more than anybody here because she had given all and she was not under any compulsion. When we want to do things, it's just sometimes the pastor has to shout and do all that. It's needless. It's needless. When you read the book of, um, I think, Psalm 1 and 10 verse 3. Psalm 1 and 10 verse 3. The Bible says, in the day of his power, the people shall be willing. So when the people are not willing, something is missing. Something is missing. When the people are willing, when David was going to build the sanctuary, the Bible said they had to stop people from bringing more because they've had more than enough. I pray for you because you continue to serve God willingly. Favor will come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. When you need men, you will not lack men. When you need resources, you will not lack resources because God is on your side. Can somebody shout a loud amen? amen? So, Jesus made a statement. She has given. She has given. He knows our worth as we give him. Because all we have in the first instant comes from him. A preacher once said, when he sees how well people are dressed in the church, he asks the question, where are the poor? Everybody is so well dressed. But when he sees how small people are giving, he asks, where are the rich? Praise the name of the Lord. Finally, I have five more minutes. We look at the man called David. We look at the man called David. A story 
there's a scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. The context of this um, story in 2 Samuel was David did what he was not supposed to do without consulting the Lord. He conducted a census, numbering the nation of Israel, and God was, God anger, you know, came upon the land because of what the king did. And what happened, the Bible records that in one day, the angel of the Lord came down and 70, 70 people died for what the leader did. Praise the name of the Lord. And when David saw that, he went back to the Lord in prayer. The Lord, please have mercy. He pleaded. And God sent an angel to David. And at the threshing floor of Aruna, he asked David to go, and, to go and raise an altar for him. And when David got to that location, the threshing floor of Aruna, he asked the owner of that threshing floor that I need to buy this land. And Aruna told him that, no. Because it's the king, and for the purpose for which the land is needed, I will give it to you. Just give me whatever. And David said, no. Because it is the Lord, I will not give him an offering that does not cost me something. He said, I'm ready to pay for it. Not what I want, but what is what. So when we are bringing anything unto the Lord, let it be what is what. What the Lord is what. Not just anything. God is not my God. It's not a God of leftover. Can you say that? My God. Are you, are, you, are you sure you are, are you sure of what you are saying? Convincingly, can you say your God is not a God of leftover? It's not a God of leftover. I will not give God anything that does not cost me. And he paid. He paid for that land, the worth of that land, and he used it, you know, to, to offer that sacrifice. Beloved, beyond our substance, our lives cannot be given to God in that measure. Our lives cannot be given to God in our measure. We're talking about substance now, but above every other thing that you can give to God, the number one thing is your heart. God wants you, he wants your heart. If your heart is not given, your substance cannot be acceptable. It's a strange offering. Praise the name of the Lord. Because two cannot work together unless they agree. Two can't work together unless they agree. Our services unto the Lord cannot be given anyhow. It must be a sacrifice for it to be honorable to God. Before whatever we are giving to honor God, it must be what? A sacrifice. I want us to ponder on this as I begin to round up this morning. That what is it that I'm giving to God that I've not pondered well over it? How I give it and the motive for, for which I've been giving it. There can be a change today. And you will begin to see the hand of the Lord all around your life and family in the mighty name of Jesus. Even as we begin to talk to the Lord, let's close our eyes and begin to talk to the Lord this morning. The subject here is honoring God. Honoring God with your life, honoring God with in your heart, and honoring God with your substance. Please talk to him this morning and say, Father, I've come before you. Can you talk to him and tell him that I'm actually more than any offering? While I was worshiping this morning, I was really deeply, deeply touched. The past can actually belong to the past in your life. When you resolve to honor God in all your ways, the past, it will make the past to be the past.
where you have related with him, your service unto him, your worship unto him, your giving unto him, where you have done that with the wrong motive, ask for the Lord to have mercy this morning. I am more than a song today. I bring my soul. I am your sacrifice. I'm more than a song today. I bring my soul. I am your worship. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org. At any time, accepted the Lord as Savior.